So this morning, I took part in the Swindon Half Marathon. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was running this morning? Yeah, yeah, Emma's running. So good. Yeah, why not clap? Now, if you've been around Patton Church over the last couple of months, I've been giving it all sorts of talk about this marathon. Um, you, would have, you can listen back to some of the other messages. And I did have in my head a sort of dream goal of the time I'd love to get. It was very quick. And, um, and I had that goal, but then basically I didn't quite put the effort in. You know, I, I took my running stuff with me on holiday and I did do a couple of runs. But like, like the most I ever did was two runs in a week. I think I, I hit the marathon distance only a couple of times. And, um, and really, if you want to get much quicker than you were last time, you need to be running three times a week. You need to be doing long runs. And you need to be doing short runs. You need to be doing uh, interval training and sprint runs. And um, basically, I didn't quite work hard enough. So um, actually, uh, Brian, do me a favor. Brian, wait, 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 jump up where you are. So th- th- this is Brian, the, the, the um, Patton Jet hero. So go with me. Killing myself. I've been running for about an hour, 15 minutes. I run past Wichelstow. And um, so about, about 10 and a half out of 13 miles. And there goes Brian skipping past me like, um, like he's out for an afternoon stroll. And um, now, now Brian's maybe five or six years, years older than me. So um, I'm thinking, if I really wanted to, I'm sure I could beat Brian. But what that would require is for me to put in more work than he's done. That would require me to do all those things I just said, to actually act like I really wanted it, to put the effort in. Um, I didn't, so I don't, I don't begrudge Brian. He did a great job. He, he deserves the time he got, and I deserve the time I got, because um, that's the amount of effort I put in. That's the amount of work I did. That's the time that I had earned. Now, this is quite a good life lesson. Anything worthwhile takes effort. It's, it's, a good, it's a good lesson to know that if we put hard work in, if we, if we put effort in, if we build on what we've done before, if we, if we keep learning and keep doing stuff, then we're going to succeed. That's a great lesson. Except when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. You see, sometimes we can be in places like this. Even It doesn't matter if you're brand new, you've never done church before, or you've been doing this stuff for 20, 30, 40 years. We can sit in a place like this and think... I haven't quite put the effort in. I don't deserve to be like someone like Dino or Alana sharing those amazing stories of the difference Jesus made in their lives. I, I don't quite deserve that. I haven't earned it. Or, or in, in, a, in a moment, Ellen's going to tell some amazing stories. You're going to realize what an incredible young woman she is. But you can look at her and think, you know, I don't think I deserve that sort of a relationship with God. I don't deserve that. And then... Um, the Bible's got just a few little things to say about that. Um, we're going to jump, jump to a book in the Bible. It's in the New Testament called Ephesians. It was written by a guy called, Ball, called, Ball, called Paul to people who are living in a place called Ephesus. I went there once on a holiday it's in, in modern-day Turkey. I ate a lot of kebabs. But um, we're getting sidetracked. So he writes to these guys, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. It says this. So Paul told people about how bad we are, and then he says... God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us so great that while we were still spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you've been saved. In our union with Christ, he raised us up with him to rule with him in the heavenly world. 
He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of his grace in the love that he showed in us in Christ Jesus. And then what this says is something really important. It basically says that if you're feeling like you don't deserve a relationship with God, you don't deserve to be made right, you don't deserve to know Jesus today, you're right. None of us deserve it. That's what he's saying. It's talked about, it's, 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 it's a bit heavy going actually, that we weren't just doing a bad, having a bad time. We were, we were dead, spiritually dead. That's bad news, isn't it? We were spiritually dead in our disobedience. So none of us deserved relationship with God. None of us deserved to be part of this. Then back to my verse 4, Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. And what he's saying is there's no space for any of us to sort of be arrogant and think like, we deserve to be here, and there's no space for us, any of us, to think we're so bad we don't deserve to be here because none of us deserved it. I've heard, I've heard a number of preachers that do this. I talk about if there was like a scale, so a scale of like how bad and good we are. So if we sort of put someone at the bottom who we can all sort of agree is universally bad, like a sort of Adolf Hitler chap, chap he'll be right at the bottom, and then about up here will be someone. We can all agree is a universally good person, like a Mother Teresa. They're about there. So that's our scale. And hopefully we all fit somewhere in between those two. You guys are probably nearer Mother Teresa. I'm probably nearer. But um, if you looked at where God's at, he's not a little bit higher. He's not the ceiling. He's the sky. None of us come close. Not a single one of us. Not even the best person you know. But... God's mercy so abundant and his love for us so great that while we were still spiritually dead, somewhere on that little scale, he made us alive with Christ. That's the story. We couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it, which means that we can't feel like, we'll feel like, like we've done it and somehow made this happen. It's a gift and it all starts with love. All starts with love. The whole story, the way that we get to be part of this, the way that we get to be forgiven, the way that we get relationship with God, the way that we get partnership with Him, the way that we get adventure, it all starts with love because of His great love. And God wants to say to each and every one of us, simple as it is, I love you. I love you. It all starts with love. It doesn't start with us getting a bit better or getting a bit kinder or doing a few more good things. It's a gift. It all starts with love. It all starts with love. Completely undeserved. I mean, it goes on to say, it's by God's grace that you've been saved. We were singing about that earlier. Amazing grace. And it all starts with love. And it's the same for all of us. Now, part of the reason that Paul wrote this book to the people in Ephesus was he wanted them to be united. He wanted them not to be thinking they were better than each other. So the way he helped them do that was to point out that none of them deserve a relationship with God. And that, this should be something that unifies us. 
none of us deserve it, but because of God's love, we're invited in. Because of God's love, Jesus came to earth to die on a cross so we could be forgiven and have a brand new start. And that shifts things for us. And then in a moment, when we have the privilege of celebrating Ellen's baptism, we're going to think about that. We're going to think about how, like all of us, um, she didn't deserve God's love, but it was a gift, and everything shifted for her. She's gone from being in one place to running after Jesus, to having relationship, to being forgiven, to having life, to having partnership with God. We're going to celebrate that, that the old has gone and the new has come. That's what we're celebrating this afternoon. That's what baptism's all about. It's about this exchange that happens that all starts with love. How might, um, how might your life be different if you knew that you were completely loved. We once, I used to help out sometimes with this thing called healing on the streets. It does what it says on the tin. You go on the streets, you set up a few chairs, pray for guys to get healed. And then one guy, a guy from Australia, I remember, he was in all sorts of pain, but excruciating pain in his knee. And we prayed for him and all the pain disappeared. And he wasn't a Christian, so we had to give him a framework. This happened because God loves you. Because he loves you. And then... If you speak to school teachers, they'll tell you, in a kind of broad brushstroke, that you can often spot the kids who know that they're loved, who are completely convinced that they're loved, because they have a confidence, because they're willing to take risks, because, um, because they don't mind if things go wrong, because they know that they're loved. And that's really the invitation for us. You know, um, Ellen is our second baptism here at Patton Church. Our church is 10 months old, and we are so excited, and we would have come to Swindon if it was just for those two. But we're dreaming of a 1,000 baptisms. We're dreaming of an army of young people who are running after Jesus. We're dreaming of being a church who makes a difference to some of the social issues that we face in our town. We're dreaming of being a church who plants churches, who plants churches. I feel like they're visions that God's given us. But if we fail at all of them, if tonight's our last baptism, if all the young people leave, and if um, we make no difference to any of the issues, in fact, if Twinning gets worse while we're here, and we plant no churches, we are still completely loved. You know, how might that change the way that you go about your work, knowing if it goes well or badly, you're completely loved? How might that change how you are at school? Absolutely, we work hard, but we do that from a place of love, not for love. We do it from love, not for love. We know it knowing that, that we've been forgiven, not to try and earn it. It all starts with love. And tonight is the first night over the next 10 weeks. Have you got the, the, the series up there, the little card? We're starting a new series the next 10 weeks. And these are things that God says to us. So if you want to hear the rest, um, come back next week. Can't really see it. But um, <laughs> it says, I love you. You are amazing. I'm with you in the rubbish. I'm with you in the adventure. I'm helping you live well, to live out your purpose. Heal some people. Forgive. Stay hopeful. Show the world what I'm like. It'll be fun. Love your father. And these are things that we find throughout the scripture. It's not everything God says, but it's a number of things God says. And over these coming weeks, we're going to go through some of those together in our morning and our evening service, 10 o'clock and 4.30. But the starting point is this. That you are completely loved. That has got to be the thing that undergirds anything else you think about God. That you are completely loved.
that you are completely loved. And it starts with love.